Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay, as always. I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an epic show in store for you today. We have the news and notes for you, the Fantasy Fix NFC South edition. Going to have a whole lot of fun. Going to go back to an oldie but goodie, Tales from a Dynasty. That's going to be a blast as well. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. That group is growing daily. If you're already in the group, you had your opportunity to join the first listener league. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the Tales from a Dynasty part of the show. But let's go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. The league's new year is right around the corner. So we're going to hear all kind of rumors, all kind of people's names are going to be thrown around the scuttlebutt in the next couple of weeks. Some people may be on the move that are going to completely surprise us. Some people may end up staying that completely surprises us. But we have several different teams that are kind of posturing or positioning themselves to make moves this offseason. First up, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, well, let me say it this way. The Baltimore Ravens GM, Eric DaCosta, has reiterated that he does remain optimistic about the team reaching a long-term deal with Jackson. Don't know how Jackson feels about that or if he <laughs> the ship in his mind has already sailed, but that's one of the big dominoes that are going to fall as far as quarterback is concerned. Have you guys heard anything that kind of leads you one way or another, or is this still 50-50 that he even stays? Yeah, I'm hearing that they, you know, they remain optimistic. But at the same time, uh, when it comes to the dollar amount, it seems like both parties are pretty far apart. So you can have optimism all you want, but if the dollars don't make sense, it's just not going to make sense. And I think Lamar has pretty much, you know, stuck his flag in the ground. And I think he's pretty, you know, standing pretty firm on the number is he think he should receive. You think Baltimore is going to budge? No, I don't think so. I think they're no. going to play these franchise tag games again, and he's not going to play. That could be costly for Baltimore. I know Huntley is is decent, but man, like you, you really want to play this game of chicken right now when all the quarterbacks are getting paid. Like I, I just don't know. Real quick before you get there, and, and this is the ball. This is the this stance I think in Baltimore are going to take. Right? It's not even going to be about Tyler Huntley. Uh, we all know who's the new OC. Is from where? The OC is from. Uh, he was the OC in Georgia. Bingo. Whose quarterback is in this draft? Mm. Who's the quarterback? Okay. Everybody talking about maybe he has slide because of whatever he did off the field or whatever. So don't, I've been don't, Okay. So that'll probably be a late pick. Yeah, yeah you definitely. Already, they wouldn't have to do first. anything early for him. <laughs> you heard it here first. OC, okay. in Baltimore, he'd probably be a late second day pick. They probably grab him in the fifth round or something like that, six, and then he could probably come in and he knows the system, he knows the verbiage, everything right away, jump straight in the driver's seat. 
I would bring him back in even if Lamar doesn't go anywhere just because he knows the offense. I mean, that could be a huge leg up uh, if and when, you know, Lamar gets hurt again or whatever the case may be. Or if he does try to play chicken when they say, you know, hey, well, we're going to franchise you. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to play. You'll have someone that already knows what's up. This next quarterback free agent, one Mr. Derek Carr, um, he met with the Saints, the Panthers, and the Jets. There's not much word on who's kind of in the, you know, the driver's seat there as far as Carr is concerned. But of these three teams, it seems pretty likely that he's going to end up in one of them. Is there one that you would prefer to see him go to than another? Is there one that you would want to see him steer clear of? Or are they about equal? What you got on that, Joe? I like them all, man. I think the most, you know, opportunities with the Jets, I just think the Jets are just more firm to what they can do. Obviously, same thing with Carolina. Carolina got a good team. And they also have the coaches in place. I just, I love their staff. Right chain miss yet. He got the right people. And for them to even bring Adrian Wilson on there, he did a great job with the Cardinals, not just as a player, but in the front office as well. Those two teams really stand out. What I like about it is now it's a lot of owners at the combine. So, a lot of this can speed up, become quite sure he wants to beat everyone out before, you know, the free agency really starts on the 15th. Yeah, free agency, the New Year starts officially, I want to say it's on the, was it the 13th or the 15th? Somewhere in that area, but about a week before there is when the quote-unquote legal tampering period begins, and you hear about several deals that are in place, but there just hasn't been a handshake yet, if you will. Sometimes those deals also fall through because, again, there hasn't been a handshake. So if someone else comes of available or someone that people thought were going to be available that ends up not being available because their team saw that other people were coming after them. You know, we've seen some strange things around this time of the year, but definitely plenty to talk about. The new Titans GM is indicating or his exact statement was Ryan Tannehill's on contract. He'll be a Tennessee quarterback for the foreseeable future. I know Ryan Tannehill was one of those guys who we kind of talked about possibly moving on up the road, but according to the new GM there, it's going to be pretty difficult for them to find a replacement and it might be pretty difficult for him to find a team so the best place for him and the best thing for them is for ryan Tannehill to be a tennessee type does this surprise you at all vander is it right on par with what you thought were going to happen with that particular team or do we think that this is just gm speak for the moment and that can change tomorrow uh two things can be true <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh this could be a little gm talk you know things like that he's in the contract we want him here how many times have we seen people say oh we want him here we love him here and then next day they shipped out but to me i think in my opinion i think Tannehill doesn't want to be there so that's oh yeah what that's, that's for sure right so you can sure. say <laughs> you can say you know we want him here but i don't think he's interested in being there anymore to be honest, I mean, Tannehill is just not my cup of tea as well. So, I mean, See, that's the thing about it. He, he's not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or whomever where you can just be like, well, I don't want to be here. Send me somewhere because it's right. not very many teams that are going to move heaven and earth to get him. He, the, he's not best, you know, younger. He's not best, one of the best. The best Tannehill can do is end up once every all the guys are exhausted and everybody went where they go, just end up, end up in New Orleans. And he'll be mm. Andy Dalton 2.0. Jameis, you know, the, the graveyard, the quarterback graveyard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> gotcha. like that that way he end up at. That's the, that's his best scenario. And even there, it's not a good look. All right. So we have our weekly saga of Mr. A.A. Ron and his foolishness. He still don't know what he want to do. He done went and did whatever he needed to do in the dark hole for four days. He's still not sure if he wants to play. I'm sorry. If I'm if I'm Green Bay's GM, I'm taking staying in Green Bay off the table. You can retire. 
you can pick which team you want me to attempt to trade you to but I, I'm, I'm sick of the shenanigans like I'm, I'm, I'm over it I'm done honestly like to your point I'm just done talking about it it's just it's too much going into this and it's almost reminding me of Brett Favre you know in the sense where it's just like what what are we doing man like like let it be done this it, I don't understand like I feel like too much is going into this I feel like at this point in his career it's like dude you did all of this right you were so upset they drafted Jordan Love. You won two MVPs. You got the money. And then you, you got the situation you wanted. Like, what is it now? Like, when is it ever right. going to be some, exactly. like, some bullshit, man? Excuse me. I just had to say it's just stupid. I'm, I'm just – it's like last year when they gave you what you wanted, it was under the auspice that we wouldn't be going through this again this year because you got what you wanted last year, which was an extension through this year. So now what? I don't know. Like, like at some point you get to the point in a relationship where you know that nine times out of 10, it's not the level of effort that you're putting in. It's just the fact that no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to satisfy whoever that person is again, for whatever reason. And that's kind of where I feel like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is at this point. No one wants to be the first to say goodbye. Like that, That's where they are at this point. We shall see where that leads. He'll probably wait until the draft to try to hijack the draft again. He's a prima donna. I'm just over him. Not not worth it in my opinion. Brock Purdy, he is still dealing with elbow issues. Uh, he's scheduled to meet with a surgeon later on this week. Still hasn't had the procedure. The further we go without that procedure being done, obviously the longer it's going to take for the uh, recovery process in when we're looking at that in comparison to the season starting. And as far as off-season camps and things of that nature are concerned. So have you heard anything that makes you a little bit more optimistic or pessimistic as far as Brock Purdy is concerned, Vander? No, I mean, it's the same old thing. I think, you know, there's still some inflammation there, uh, maybe some swelling. And they just wait for that thing to, you know, do what they have to do before they can do surgeries. I mean, this is kind of like typical. You know, how many times have we seen a guy tear something? They wait so they wait weeks until, until they get surgery. Or sometimes you see a guy tear something and then surgery the next morning. So I guess it just depends on how much inflammation is there and where those dollars can go in and get the cutting. So I just think uh, it's just a waiting game. I mean, looking at Brock Purdy's body type, it's not the type that looks like it probably heals fast anyway. So he's not like a, a specimen of a person. Right. That makes sense, not right? a workout warrior. Yeah, exactly. right. Like if this is Adrian Peterson. He already be running by now. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So he's he's not that kind of guy. So I just think he just have to wait to that. You know, inflammation goes down and, and they able it just it just seems to push this sign right here actually makes me think the healing process is actually gonna take a lot longer as well. So that Facts. window they the set from still swole, like how right. long has this been and it's still swole. Yeah, you, I didn't even think about that part. You're right. Right. So that whole anywhere from six to twelve, this is looking more like twelve. Twelve than to fourteen. Six, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my stance on that. The commander's head coach Ron Revere clarified on Tuesday. We had some news that quarterback Sam Howell was going to be the starter he clarified that nah he ain't it i don't know if that means heineke is going to give it a go or if that means that they're going to draft somebody or maybe this is a place for a ryan Tannehill type he'd definitely be an upgrade over what they have but this is going to be interesting now that eric benemy is the offensive coordinator and it was stated that he was completely in charge of the offense and prior to that statement being made, this wasn't the statement that the team was making. Has Eric B. already come in and made his petition known, or was this kind of what was going to happen the entire time? No, I think this is just Eric B. saying, this is not my guy. Um, 
y'all say this is mine. Y'all say this is my car. So you have no, you know, no, no choice on what color I want to paint it. The vehicle is his. Again, this guy was drafted here before. It's not his guy. He maybe doesn't be fit the, you know, the style. But you know, one thing about all quarterbacks are not built the same. It's no different than running backs. You got some guys are wrong, or one cut guys. You got some guys are more outside runners. And the same thing for quarterbacks. Some guys are more spread. Some guys are more West Coast. You know what I'm saying? So this guy apparently doesn't fit what I think Eric B wants to do. Therefore, he's going to say, hey, this ain't my guy. So I think he's going to be on the search for his guy. Yeah, I definitely agree. But I think it's going to be interesting at pick 16, what's available with everything that's going on in the draft and what's being talked about in the draft. And what's the possibility? Because to your, to your point, you know, this is, you know, first Heineke had the same situation where uh, he finished well until the last game. Until, I think the playoff game, actually. And then he didn't get a shot because obviously he brought in Carson Wentz. And then we just see how just play one game. And now it's, well, you're the quarterback one going into uh, what Vander alluded to. Obviously, it goes to say that they're going to look at every avenue first. And like I said, it's going to be interesting at 16 because what if uh, Will Livis is there? What if they want to get lucky, you know, and trade back into the first round and get like a Hendon Hooker, you know, take him early? You know, it makes it really interesting then when it's players like that. Yeah, there are a few guys that you can kind of come back on the back end that due to injury or circumstance could have been a higher draft pick that's still going to be available there for teams. So, that's, yeah, I definitely that's like actually, that. actually, and to be honest with you, Joe, I'm good. That's a good call. Like, that's what I was thinking about the whole time. You know, I, I think Hooker would be maybe a spot, a guy that can very well, you know, end up in Washington. Like, doesn't mean one thing about me, man, when it comes to quarterbacks and drafts, like if there's no clear cut guy and everybody's pretty much a, a point away from each other, just wait. You know what I mean? Like there's not a huge gap between Hooker and uh, Levis or then Stroud and Young or then like. Richardson and then like everybody's like right there by each other so there's no Andrew Lux in this draft so wait and get your guy later yeah and get out that body type that's what I'll add too and you want to get these little six foot little small guys go out there and get you a, a taller quarterback someone with more stature that can be in the pocket um, that's what they were attempting to do with Wentz but obviously Wentz is never is nowhere close to what he was in the past I think like you said just the you know how and Heineke are the same size they're the same frame you know get you a prospect that's you know more to what these you know traditional quarterbacks look like and speaking of we have a couple of quarterbacks who were released you just mentioned Wentz and also Marcus Mariota was released from the Atlanta Falcons. so those are a couple of quarterbacks whose services are up for grabs and one of them may end up turning Turning into that Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, you know, for whatever team this year. We also have the Broncos general manager, George Patton, said on Tuesday that Javante Williams' knee is on track for the start of the season. So that's definitely great news. One of the, the young gunners should be ready to rock beginning of the season. Now, with the injury that he has, do, do we think that this takes anything away from the prospects that we kind of had for him going into last year? So what I think, honestly, with, with Williams is and this I learned this from having the conversation with Vander about Dobbins. It was worse as as up to but even worse than what Dobbins experienced. So that timetable by itself, I think we don't see him he can miss half the season. It's just his trajectory, even though they say he's on pace, they said the same thing about Dobbins. And like I said, uh Javante's injury was as severe as Do- as Dobbins, if not worse. He's a great back. I think that uh, good thing about him, he's a younger player, a second year player and once he bounced back from you know we seen like you know Willis McGay, Frank Gore those guys who had those crazy you know injuries freakish injuries have success
successful careers. I'm excited to see him get back, but, you know, learning from our conversations about Dobbins and knowing the significance of his injury, I'm going to just kind of not have any comment in regards to his recovery, but I love the player. Leonard Fournette is going to be released per Tom Palisario. This is interesting. We kind of foresaw this coming, especially with the young guy coming up, Rashad White, and they may go, you know, back to the well as far as the draft is concerned again to kind of get his back up whatever the case may be but Fournette is he going to be a finishing piece or is he going to more than likely end up as a piece of a committee or do we think his best days are behind on what's going to go on with Fournette? I think Fournette has an opportunity to end up with a contender. There's a lot of teams out here that's a running back away or running backs are currently going into free agency. You know teams like Philadelphia Eagles you know some teams that's really good that could use a, a guy like him. He's a three down back. I mean, he's a big guy that can run between the tackles, also catch the football. I think he's going to lay on his feet. I really think he's going to end up on a team where, you know, a, a good team, a, pretty much a team that's, um, look, we, we talked about Joe Mixon. He's a guy that could very well be cut. He, he can end up in Cincinnati. There's some really good landing spots for a guy like Fortnite, who I think still has a, a lot left in the tank. And again, like I said, he's a three down guy. I don't really see a committee per se. Everything can go in somewhere and kind of be the guy. The Cowboys expect Tony Pollard, who had a a leg injury, to be ready by training camp. So do we think that they're going to stick with their original plan of possibly releasing Zeke and moving forward with Pollard as far as working out a long-term deal? Or do we foresee Tony Pollard possibly being franchised and having maybe one more year to prove that he can, you know, stand on his own too, as far as, you know, being able to take the beating and all that kind of good stuff before they give him a long-term contract. Now, this here is a tricky situation the Cowboys have in front of them. Initially, everybody thought, you know, um, he'll be the guy after that injury. Who knows? You know what I mean? Uh, we know Zeke is getting up in age. He's going to have to recon, you know, do a, re- a reconstruct of his deal or either get going. Um, and now we have the draft in front of us. I've seen mock drafts with them taking, you know, Bajan. So it, there's, there's a lot of things that could be done here in Dallas. But me personally, I think you take Bajan in this draft and let him go. That's what I would do. I would let him go. You know, I wouldn't even franchise. I wouldn't take, I would waste the time of franchise. I'm just let him go. Go and sign Zeke to a minimum, low deal. Let him come in and, you know, play back up to the, the young boy and, and show him the ropes, you know, little things like that. And then let him be on his way the next year. And then let it be all Bajan's lead, you know, from here on out. Because this is pretty much the the highest touted running back since Saquon. And, and these guys don't come around very often. I mean, the, the one I remember before Saquon might have been Gurley coming out of Georgia. Like, there, there's few and far in between these style of, well, yeah, these style of running backs that you feel like, okay, this is one of those ones. They, they check every box. Now, I hear that, but the only issue is you got to determine whether you're going to franchise Pollard before the draft. So if you choose not to franchise him and you're banking on uh, Bijan being there, could that kind of be set yourself up for failure? Or is it one of those, if he's not there, somebody else will? Nah, I mean, there's one of those. I mean, and, and, and again, they don't have to do any of that. They don't have to take Bijan. I'm okay with getting, you know, spending a, a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick and go get Kareem Hunt. You know what I mean? Like the Cowboys are like at a spot where they can do a lot. But me personally, I wouldn't franchise Tag Pollard because that's a lot of money putting into that one position. I'm not sure if anybody on their team you will want to franchise. I mean, you may can franchise Schultz if you want to and bring it back for one more year if you want to do yeah, that. Yeah, th- those are the two that they were debating between franchising right. Schultz and um and Pollard. 
I, I wouldn't. It doesn't look like if they don't franchise Schultz that he's going to get money from elsewhere and he won't be on that team anymore. Right. So I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't honestly franchise Paul. He's a good guy, good back. Seen some uh, some flashes, but he's coming off a. Uh, he got an ACL injury, right? I believe so. Again, man, running back so down does. Matter of fact, I, I want to say I want to say it wasn't a. Was it an ACL or was it something? I, I know. I know it wasn't the worst case scenario. Whatever it ended up, because yeah. I, I, maybe it was suspicion of an ACL and it ended because up being something. That's some money. Franchising the running back is pretty I big. I want to say it's like 10 mil, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I don't bring them both back. One of them got to go. Old Zeke and Pollard, like, which one? If you franchise Pollard, cool, let Zeke hit the road. You know, if you don't franchise Pollard, then keep Zeke and let and pay him the minimum and let him be, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and pass pro here and there. You got to pick one. I, I wouldn't bring them both back. I agree. Just to quickly chime in, like, I, don't get me wrong, Pollard was really great, really explosive, but we've seen that so many times. We've seen Felix Jones be explosive in that offense a time before. You know what I mean? Like, like I would say Gino, because Gino – uh, throughout his career is really consistent for the Bengals, but then we see him go on to Tampa and to be, you know, a show of himself. I think a scat bag is a dime a dozen. And, and to your point, Evander, I, I, if you're not going to commit that same money to uh, Zeke, that'd be really undertelling by then offering somebody a $10 million franchise tag. It's other players, like I said, aside from uh, from Bijan, it's in the draft. You got a Jameer Gibbs, you have a Sean Tucker, you have a Charbonnet. You have so many different options to go that, that's going to be on a rookie deal. Yeah, I, I agree a, a thousand percent. You want to give an injured player all this money, I just don't think it makes sense for them right now where it stands. And lastly, we have a wide receiver being cut. Kenny Galladay is no longer a New York Giant. He is going to be cut prior to the March 15th date of the league new year. Do we see Kenny Galladay catching on anywhere else? He got his paycheck. He's pretty much working for the veterans minimum going forward. I don't think anyone's going to offer him more than that. Yeah, I like it. You know, again, this is one of those guys that can go 20s contending teams that's already kind of set in stone and just be an added value and maybe just new york just wasn't the place for him i mean new york is a hard place to play not just because of media but just living in the city of new york it's not for everybody i think this guy still has something in the tank i mean i think one of his last football games he caught a touchdown caught a score pretty good catch on that ball i think he has something and then again he also helped me to have something to prove so again if you're a team like the Bengals, where you're already strong at wide receiver bring another one aboard if you're the uh, minnesota vikings you have adam thelian who may be a guy that may not you know, come back next year. Put him beside Jefferson. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, there's talks of, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. He may take bigger money to go elsewhere. The Eagles. Like, if you're one of these teams that already kind of solidify at the spot, I'm okay with adding this addition because right now, I mean, you pretty much, it's, it's not a big investment. You know what I'm saying? It's the minimum. I'm okay with bringing him on a team that's already kind of like solidified at a position, but he could be an, an added value with a really good quarterback. And that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into your uh, no, 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 no. Let's, we got one more thing. What we got? One we more got? What thing. One more news. Big news. Just came out. Rookie. Prospect. Georgia. Lottery oh, pick. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Jalen Carter from Georgia, guy was in some uh, mock drafts like that being the first overall pick involved in a situation. There was a car accident to say it could have been a possible race, maybe some guys racing cars, but guys in the other car didn't make it. So my condolences to them, they families. And uh, he could very well be a suspect in that. So that's that's really it's really big news because this is a guy who can very well slide in this draft. We've seen guys get in trouble before, a la the tackle from LSU who went to the Cowboys. Um 
What's my guy? Right tackle from the Cowboys. Collins? Yeah, Leal Collins. Remember, remember he's supposed yeah. to be a lottery pick. Yep. And this dude slide all the way out the draft, right? So, who knows? But this is one of those situations to monitor, I think, moving forward. Even though it's not really fantasy implications, pretty big of a story. Absolutely, absolutely. And now that pretty much wraps up your news for this week. Let's go ahead and hop into your NFC South Fantasy Fix. All right, so if you were with us the last couple weeks, you kind of have a feel for how this segment is about to go. This week, we have the NFC South. So we have Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. We're going to go ahead and kick it off with Atlanta then, with Vander with Atlanta, and then we'll go to either New Orleans or Tampa Bay, whichever one you want up first, Joe. ATL, ATL. Firstly, Atlanta Falcons. They haven't had much success in a while. Uh, I noticed the owner, Mr. Home Depot himself, off the blanks, he really want to get a winner here. Uh, This is a demographic of people of color. Their best times was with the rock star Michael Vick at quarterback. And I think they want to relive those days. So firstly, this high draft pick that they have, call Baltimore. Get on the phone. I was thinking that too. (laughs) We know. We know. We get it. We get it. We know. Send them over here. We'll take them. We'll give them the blank check. Give them. And this and it works for both parties, right? Because then at that point, Baltimore can get their quarterback of the future. They get that high draft pick. Whoever be left on the board, whether it be Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, one of those guys would be available. Whether it's going to be Young or Stroud, one of those guys would be available in that top. So whoever's left, go after your guy. So I think they should give them a call. Go get Lamar Jackson. Bring him in the fold, number one. That's going to sell tickets. That's going to maybe get you some more ball games. He immediately becomes the best quarterback in his division. Day one. Because this division is trash when it comes to QBs. It's Um, there for the taking. Free agents, they have a lot of free agents at wide receiver. You got Demir Bird, you got Zakikis, and then you got um, Kadero Hodge, all free agents. Get on that same phone again. Arizona Cardinals, how you doing? Send that boy back home, closer to home. Go get DeAndre Hopkins. He also is a guy that kind of fits the Atlanta lifestyle. So you got a weapon. You already have Kyle Pitts in the fold. Right. So now you got Lamar, you got D-Hop, and now you got Pitts. Offense is looking crazy. Already beloved Tyler Azure had a pretty good year this year. He's back. Cordell Patterson, the, the switch army knife. He's cool. He's there. Now defensively, these guys, they need some help. Um, a lot. <laughs> a lot. There's, there's, there's no overnight fix with this. But then again, you know, once you get that firepower, you can maybe be some teams. You're going to outscore some teams. But I would definitely get some of these guys that's, you know, the, the guys that's, that's kind of left. I mean, you going to pretty much savage all of your draft future trying to get these two guys offensively. So defensively, I would get the guys that have the, the year left in the tank, Um, the guys that's kind of like forgot about, and you know, those type of guys and bring them in and uh, try to, you know, fix holes in this defense. Because this is not, you know, I guess Lamar, he could bring some guys to Atlanta. You never really know as far as defense. Somebody might see them as a contender, but they got a pretty decent secondary led by AJ Terrell. He's cool. Uh, Casey Hayward, you know, the veteran, he's there as well, but they really need some interior work as far as uh, their linebackers. Their linebackers are not really that good. They got some decent guys up front, but in all free agency, the only way you can fix this defense. But offensively, I think the, the way to fix this team, get the franchise quarterback, get the wide receiver, and add it to what you already have with Kyle Pitts, the running back by committee with Al Legier and uh, Cordell Patterson and Caleb Huntley. Anything that you would do differently on that end, Joe, or any omissions that you see? No, honestly, and I think, honest, if this was the real world, this is exactly what we need the Falcons to do. I think, honestly, perspective, we shouldn't look at, like, you know, when for the Chiefs, for example, I love what the, what the GM said when people thought it was a rebuilding year 
because they went and got 22 players and, and 10 rookies, like, and then they won a championship pretty much. I like the same statement for the Falcons where it's like, you got some pieces on offense. Get a Lamar Jackson. See if you can get a, someone like a DeAndre. Honestly, you know, if they could even strike Lamar and then find have enough opportunities to look elsewhere and acquire different uh, players – that the offense, like you said, it looks pretty good. They have to fix the defense through the free agency, like you said, as well, too, more so than the draft. So I, I like it, honestly. Like I said, they got plenty of talent on the offensive side of the ball to turn it around. And let's go ahead and head on to Tampa Bay. Joe, tell us how are you going to fix this team? Quite a few moving parts. Well, quite a few parts that could be moving. Let me say it that way. The biggest piece of the puzzle definitely moved on. So what are we going to do here in Tampa Bay? Man, like, obviously, I always like people who got the worst draft capital. Uh, not draft capital, but the salary cap. Right now they got they over fifty seven million. So golly. So what I had to do at first, I had to re-sign Donovan Smith. So we gotta bring him back. And then I had to re-sign uh Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Cause I just got I gotta create some new money. They already restructured in the past, so I gotta create some new money, give them a new deal. Same as well with let's see. Oh, I'm gonna restructure Shaquille uh Barrett as well, too. Ryan Jansen and then Ryan Davis as well. So pretty much I got 24 million in salary cap. Honestly, it's not a lot. So what what we need to do here in Tampa is that we just need we need to hold it down. We, we still have a lot of pieces on defense. So let me go ahead and get somebody like a Jacoby Brissett, somebody who is a, a good journeyman but also a good quarterback. Um, something that we're going to be doing philosophically a lot with uh, Dave Canal's offense is really balanced. It's really nuanced. So I think we need to start there. I actually wrote down David Montgomery with him. Uh, no, you know, I think honestly, the Chicago is in a different direction on together as far as the running back position. But I like somebody like that as a complimentary piece. I like Rashad White a lot. But I think with to have balanced that two headed offense, we've seen it. You know, the Eagles' success with having a three headed monster. We've seen what the Cowboys are able to do with a two-headed mind. So many teams are going to this, you know, 50-50 backfield or however they do it. Get somebody like David Montgomery. I think that was something that I wanted to do with what little money I had, along with getting Jacoby Brissett, and then go linebacker. I mean, again, we're going to lose David this year. Get like a TJ Edward, a Vander Esch. I know he got injury concerns, but again, I need a plug-and-play, somebody cheap, or even bring back Kawan Alexander, who we let go, uh, and he just went to another team last year. We're going to do a lot of what we got to do with the 19th pick and I thought they would go like Christian Gonzalez the cornerback from Oregon or let's get like a offensive lineman like a Broderick Jones or DeWan Jones again we got a good nucleus on the offensive line let's pull it together because Jacoby gonna have you know Mike Evans he's gonna have God uh, Godwin he's gonna have uh Gage next year he's gonna have Odin Otan or whoever uh and again we losing just a few pieces of defense that was my, my plan to kind of keep us competitive in our division. Anything you do different, Vander, or any omissions that you see or anything that uh, as far as on the defense or offensive side that you kind of think you should just do completely different? Uh, no, I'm okay with the way he's working this team because this team is not going to be a contender for a little bit. I think they had their time in the sun, but the, the moves he made is kind of getting them back in the fold and getting them, you know, some pieces to compete. But 
I don't see Tampa being a team that's really going to compete, even this division. I mean, this division like is wide open. It's pretty much up for grabs. I think where quarterbacks fall will kind of dictate who's going to be the guy as in far this division. as the draft is concerned. No, it's free agency. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, yeah gotcha. most definitely. Well, some of these free agents land, I think it's going to you know dictate that. But also, I think one thing for Tampa Bay to look out for. Um, I know he mentioned bringing a guy like Brissett, but hell, why not go after a guy like Geno Smith? I mean, the offensive coordinator came from Seattle. He is correct? a free agent. And he can't, you know. Good Florida State tax, that good warm weather. You know what I'm saying? You still have Mike Evans there. You got some guys, Chris Godwin. Even though Mike Evans may be on the chopping block, and Chris Godwin, I think, is free agent. But is Chris only free agent? Oh, he's just on the chopping block. I think he just signed some some money, right? He might, he not. I, I think Godwin resigned. Uh, Evans is a candidate as right. far as cap casualty to move yeah. on, but we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah, so, his cap hit is over twenty million with Evans. That's the only thing, though, is that mm-hmm. you don't save nothing by getting rid of him. But now, if you give right. him new money, though, that's a little different. Right. And that's and true. I, they could resign him. I, I did yeah. see something that said and that makes, resign him made more sense. It makes more sense to resign him. I mean, I know Mike Evans is not the sexiest guy. But you look at the numbers. He's I mean, steadiest though. Yeah, steady Eddie. You know what I'm saying? Like year in year out, he's he finds a way. You know, he's right there. So I would probably try to actually go after like a Geno Smith. I mean, because at least try to win. You know, this division up for grabs. Like I said, I think Brissett doesn't move the needle enough. I think he's just a guy that kind of like you know just keeps you 35 you know 35 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour in the car. This is one of the teams that I thought like somebody like Jimmy G could go to. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, why not? Why rock? Why not go with the familiar guy? I don't. Has teach this guy anything. He comes in his offense from day one. We this seen him true. have it. We just seen him have his best year in the NFL in my system. Go after your quarterback. I love to see OCs lead with the quarterback. I love it. It, it just makes sense. Like I think if you draft a guy or you have a guy and you go be an OC somewhere, take him with you. If if it's possible, take him with you because this guy comes in. You don't have to teach him anything. He comes in. He's a, a teacher himself. He teaches the guys that's there. So go after Geno. Like I said, better weather, uh, no state tax, and actually probably offer him more money because I'm not sure Seattle gonna really break the bank for a guy like that. I would go after Gino me, me myself personally yeah my only thing with that was just like with 24 mil just getting over the cap it kind of leave me stuck I would want Jimmy to go like I think Jimmy would be somebody who probably be affordable to them and probably be open to taking less honestly so I you know yeah, I yeah, the big name like Gino was kind of tough when he he already talking about 35 <laughs> so you, you think so um so Gino's talking about about 35 million now this is porn old Jimmy G now so you what you think he's gonna ask for you think Jimmy gonna take the 25 now, well, I think with Jimmy that we can kind of work it to where it won't impact the cap a lot. Could it have great cap space going mm-hmm. into like 2024, 2025? Really, 2025 is when they get out like really clear of like all these voided contracts they got. You can really work. Even, oh, Gino. Is Gino willing to, to change the verbiage? But, you know, a lot of these people want to have a base salary close to $35 million a year and not have it offset by different guarantees and stuff like that. I think Gino kind of earned that right to kind of get right. that. In base, right. yeah. But other than that, no, I like, I like, I like the moves. Well, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers. Now, this team is going to be pretty interesting because they've already made several moves to kind of show the direction that they may be heading in. But then there are some glaring deficiencies as well. So, how are we going to fix this team? Well, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Number one, they don't have a quarterback. Facts. <laughs> so, firstly, we have to figure out who's going to be that guy. But Frank Wright calling the plays. Now, this thing can go either way. I think. It's okay to draft a guy in this. I would take a, a draft guy. I would draft now, a guy. I did see something today that said that Frank Wright was kind of flirting with the idea of Carr. So 
I don't know if that's you know uh, up to uh, Carr right? whether he accepts or if the Carolina Panthers are the one in the driver's seat saying, "Well, we'll call you if we want." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Carr is really acting like he's a or he's back in college being recruited. He's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking on these teams. I, and hell, you can't sign at least to the fifteenth anyway. So why not enjoy it? Yeah, I know he can sign now. He can sign now that they released him. Oh, you're right. That's true. Yeah, okay. So that could actually help the team that he goes to. So they'll know exactly how much cap space and all that kind of good stuff they have. There's so many different directions this team can go. I know that he, he came out and said, you know, he think Carr's still in his prime. And that's cool. I'm okay with Carr if you go that route. But then again, you could also go the route of the um, the draft. I think you can find you a good stud second, third round. Um, you don't have to take that first pick. I would actually take that first pick and trade back because I think they're sending somebody number nine. So what right. I would do, I would, the mock that I saw, they were at number nine and they were looking at possibly Richardson, I believe it was. Yeah, and, and, and that's not it. That's not the move. He doesn't fit that Frank Wright thing for me. Hell of a talent, big arm, like the second coming of Cam Newton or whatever. But I'd rather trade back. And honestly, this, this is the move I would make. We just spoke on in the first segment of the kid Carter from Georgia. He's going to slide. So with me trading back and getting a later first round pick and maybe gathering other picks, maybe some seconds and thirds along the draft, I'm rolling dice and I'm picking him because this is a lottery pick that I'm going to be able to get late. This is a guy who was who slid to me who I wasn't supposed to get anyway. But it is a misdemeanor, so it's not like he's probably going to do real time for it. He could very well be suspended for four, six games or something like that. I'm okay with taking that hit. You spoke of bringing uh, the 3-4 back. You already got guys like Derrick Brown. You got Brian Burns. Man, if you add this Carter guy, because his defense is pretty solid. You know, this is a really good defense. True. So you add that guy like Carter that you weren't supposed to get anyway. Uh, I think his defense can hold it down for those weeks until he comes back. I will make that move, honestly. I would trade back, grab a guy like him. In the draft, I would still go after maybe a hooker, a guy like that, bringing a okay, young guy. Okay, out of Tennessee. Right. But then I would also go after a veteran as well. So I'm okay with them trying to get a car or, you know, a guy like that. Even even a dark horse, to be, to be honest with you, be a guy like Carson Wentz. Uh, mm, he's like okay. he's, he's like Nick Foles 2.0. He just followed Frank around, you know what I'm saying? So now Frank's in Carolina, and he's here in Carolina. Because if you actually look at it, I know he's people just this guy rolls people the wrong way for some reason. But when you it's, look at the numbers, room thing more so than anything else from what yeah, I got. But he actually doesn't perform that bad, you know what I mean? So he can be. It depends if you want to go, you know, grab my franchise guy and not go car, or grab a guy that's going to pretty much be a bridge, you know what I'm saying, and get you to the younger guy. So now let me ask you this: Would you prefer Wentz over, let's say, a dog? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I will also re-sign Deontay Foreman. Okay. He had a pretty good season. I'm okay would with Would he that. be your starter or would he just be one of... Nah, he'd be my starter. I'm okay with him being the starter. But, you know, as well, Frank Wright, they usually run a lot of... They can get kind of carousel with the running backs sometimes, at times. So I did um, see something that said Deuce Staley said that Foreman was the perfect type of back mm-hmm. for the system that he's trying mm-hmm. to run. Seen that as well. I love Deuce. Good running back coach. The one thing I would love for this team to get is that middle. They got they got a hell of a back end. They got a good defensive line. Mr. Bobby Wagner, what you waiting on? Come on, holler at me. Okay, okay. He's now a free agent. Not only a free agent, Bobby Wagner's still that dude. This guy still great out as the best uh, middle linebacker, according to pro football focus. Yeah, that's so the he money really, move. <laughs> he, he had a really, it is a money move. But again, this division is up for grabs. I think, you know, with this defense, they can, they can really get rocking and rolling, man. I mean, you got the kid, J.C. Horn, who has showed some promise. 
Dante Jackson is pretty good. You got Jeremy Chin, who's still here. And again, like I said, you got Brian Burns and Dead Brown on the defensive line. Like, still got Shaq Thompson there. Who's probably better suited to playing, you know, outside a little bit more than playing in the middle. Yeah, I'll bring in that middle linebacker, me personally. That's going to, you know, be the, the, the staple of my defense. And like I said, I would go with the kid caught out of Georgia, go young with the quarterbacks in the later rounds. Now, what are you doing at tight end and wide receiver two, I would say? At tight end right now, you got Tommy Tremble starting. He's backed up by Ian Thomas. As far as wide receiver is concerned, you have DJ Moore, who is just waiting for a quarterback. But behind him, you have LaVisca Chenault and Terrence Marshall Jr. Do we need to go back to the well at wide receiver? Are we going vet? Are we going young? Do you feel that they need an additional wide receiver or tight end? I just kind of feel like they're they're missing weapons on that side in general. How would you go about tackling that part of it, Joe? Looking at the tight end position, like I said, they definitely have to do something with that position. Honestly... Gaseki, I think, is going to be somebody that's going to be tied to so many different teams for various different reasons. Someone of his skill set, someone to look at first. You got two of, of the better tight ends that we've seen come out in a while with uh, Mayer from uh, Notre Dame and then Kincaid coming out as well, too. That's something you could just pivot to in the second round, honestly. I think Myers might go in the first round because of his talent, his skill set. He just He's just ready to play right now. Notre Dame just got away of just making a play right now. But I think Kaseki's going to be the top of everybody's list. I think he's going to be more affordable because, obviously, how he played last year, which was no fault to him. But that's going to be a discount as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, and, and then also the kid out of um, Georgia Washington, right? So there's actually three tight ends in this draft that can very well go from one to round one to round two. No later than round two. All three of those tight ends' names probably be called by round two is over. That's another kid they can go through with the draft as well. But also, you know, wide receiver. I tell you one guy I would like to see. No one said no one talked about this. What about Odell Beckham? <laughs> what about Odell Beckham Jr.? I I don't know. Because I mean the reason I say it because the expectation may not be too large. At the same time he can come in and still get his numbers. I think he can get his you know his targets. Alongside DJ Moore, like that could be that could be something. It did definitely be an improvement. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I just don't know that Beckham would be around for the build or rebuild or whatever it is they got going. Yeah, but I don't Beckham, I, I'm I wondering where that's in the championship hunt like now. I wanna be a finishing piece, not, yeah, a, but not a part of a retool. I agree, but at the same time with Beckham, he wanna be paid. True. And you going into a winning situation is not going to get you paid. It get you on the team and it get you a ring. You're not going to get that zero in your bank account. But again, I still will go through the draft as well. I have some some favorite, some some really good wide receivers they can get, you know, in the later rounds. That's really good. Elaborate, Vander. I, I, I really don't want to say this name because, why, you know, why don't you? we have a dynasty <laughs> league. <laughs> Everybody, we have a dynasty league. I'm sitting at pick number two. Well, second round, first pick in the second round. And this kid, I think, is the best wide receiver in this draft. So if I see his, if I say his name right now, I may have some haters, you know, trying to throw a little salt <laughs> out there to the community. Now, these guys won't be able to draft these guys because of where they position in the draft, but they can throw a little seasoning in the community and get some other guys riled up, and I don't want to do that. So I'll revisit that later. But I, I honestly think the best wide receiver in this draft is not even the guys everybody's talking about. You know what I mean? So what you're saying is that your possible fantasy pick is more important than enlightening the listeners. Well, this is about, it's all about fixing the team. This ain't about <laughs> fantasy relevance. Now, once we get to the fantasy talk, of course, guys, I'm going to share when it comes to, you know, guys you should pick in your fantasy draft. I will share that information because we'll probably have our job by them. This I'm telling you about it, man. This guy is the real deal. Comparisons. I give I give you some comps if you want that. Uh Antonio Brown. That's all I'm gonna say. 
That's his comp. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Like that. Tony O'Brown. So Antonio Brown is sitting in this draft. And just like Tony O'Brown was, he wasn't the guy everybody thought, you know, you know, there's a lot of guys went before him. And there's gonna be a lot of guys that go before this guy. But he's he's like that. Last up we have the New Orleans Saints. How are we gonna fix this team? Man, so this you know, it's two teams in a row that I'm just trying to get us above, you know, five hundred, right? So with them, you know, obviously we negative what is that, twenty nine million right now, and that's still with some of the restrictions we just did. Um, I gotta resign some players. I gotta resign uh Pete, gotta resign Cam jo- uh, Jordan, I gotta restructure Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill gotta help me out, man. I, I don't wanna let it, you know, he I can't cut him. He gotta help me out. And obviously, Demario uh, Davis, we got to restructure that. So if we can do those, I should have at least twenty million. And honestly, I know that sounds like something that you can do something with, but when you factor in how much money you got to leave for the draft pool and everything else, I probably got like fifteen. So I didn't really kind of plan to do anything in free agency because again, I'm I'm having most of my nucleus come back just by having a re-sign and restructure the contract. It gave me a little wiggle room, but honestly, I, I kind of wanted to kind of build through the draft a little bit. When they said that one. At 129. I like Zay Flowers, a wide receiver from Boston College. I know they already have uh, Olave. They have uh, She, the, the little burner that's out there. But I just feel like they still missing something on the field because they had a lot of a lot of drops, a lot of inept. Yeah, you know, they missing Michael Thomas is what they missing. Yeah, I mean it, he's coming back, but it's like he's so affordable. Do they keep him? Honestly, it's like you never know with him. Out of the last three years, we've hardly seen him really play due to injury, due to injury again, obviously, the last two years, and then obviously before him and uh, Peyton having a falling out. So I wanted to just go ahead and get them, who, who I think is one of the better receivers in Zay Flowers, somebody that's plug and play. You know what to expect, and they can, he can actually help the, the team. I might have to, you know, and that move is kind of like keeping Jameis at the helm for one more year. I thought about him to hook up, but we use him a lot in the show. Let me just use a different name, uh, Tanner McKee. I think he's going to grade out to be a third round pick a fourth round pick but we've seen these guys play right we've all seen these these later round quarterbacks uh, show improve in the league and that's just my insurance policy if you know he's my developmental quarterback but if anything has happened to uh, Jameis, I really think, you know, what he did in college in Stanford, he can run a similar offense. And then we got to get some cornerback, man. We got, I thought Deontay Banks and maybe a Jack Campbell, a linebacker, just to kind of fill in. Because, again, I'm not losing anybody. About $20 million in cap is like I'm not really in a move to grab a whole bunch of people unless I'm bringing people back on the veteran minimum, all things considered. So I just did the best I could, man. I re-signed some people, restructured some people, and uh, I got to go through the draft, I gotta, you know, until next and that pretty much takes care of your fantasy fix we're gonna go ahead and wrap the show up with tales from a dynasty We had a listener league that started this week and it filled up pretty quickly. And we have some new faces. We have some faces that we've seen in previous leagues. Uh, We have some people who are trying to reclaim their name. And we have some people who are trying to keep their name with the same luster that they have had previously. But it is a 12-team PPR Superflex League. And we draft on this Sunday evening. As of right now, the 12 teams we have Kings A. Nature Boy Ric Flair, which is a young vendor. We have the People's Champ. We have Team T to the J, who is one of our avid listeners. We have El Guapo, who's one of our avid listeners as well. Control Chaos, 
Also an avid listener and previous Dynasty member. We have Team Ant. We have Team Winford. Team Uma. Team L. Mac. We have Shooter Vandros. And then we have Neo. This week is going to be step one, if you will. My question to you guys, not to give away what you're going to do, because obviously we're listening to each other. And then most of the people that are on this list are going to be listening to this show as well. But in general, as far as Dynasty drafts, are concerned what are your pitfalls what are you trying to steer clear of what may seem to have perceived value that really doesn't have that much value give our listeners a little bit of insight because they're going to be a lot of dynasty uh, leagues that are going to be starting here in the very near future same as ours yeah well we drafting you know a lot of people like wow they're drafting this week yeah this is a veterans draft so there will be no rookies in this draft it's just guys that's currently in the nfl number one like I always said when it comes to drafting it's all about where you are in the draft this is a 12 team league i'm positioned in the middle i think i got pick seven this is a super flex as well you want to go for value but at the same time i know that's so cliche people always say well, go pick pick value and that doesn't always necessarily mean the best player you can see with your eyes on the board i think a lot of guys get lost into what they can see and they drive what they can see the advice would be have a plan my first like 10 12 picks are already scripted i already know who i'm picking like it's just that fast so you got to really have a plan you know because it's 30 seconds between each pick so you don't want to be in there looking around like, oh sh- who did i get oh 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 i got andy Dalton when you had <laughs> uh <laughs> matt jones available you know what i'm saying like you just pick the guy right. so definitely have your guys already you know queued up and be ready to go but with that being said i think you know one of the misconceptions of people you ask the question about the position that people think is you know really more important and really you know not as important as people think and i would say that would be the running back position not only old fantasy your dad's fantasy your granddaddy's fantasy it was all about the running back you get in the Absolutely. draft the first <laughs> 20 picks of running backs you know what i'm saying it used to be that way but now that we move into a league of pass you know pass heavy league and running backs become a little more obsolete even and ppr a, more than standard as well right even those PPR and you, it's good to get those guys that can catch the ball. But then again, you hardly ever have three down backs that's catching the ball. Me personally, I think wide receiver is more important now than before because there's a bigger gap. Me and Zay was on the phone last night and I explained it to him. There's a bigger gap between the best at this position and the guy that's 30th at this position. You know, Devontae Adams and DJ Chark, it's a huge gap, right? But Christian McCaffrey and Tyler Allegier gap is really not that big as you think because there's going to be some weeks that Tyler Allegier may outscore a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I look at it as you're a lot easier to find 80 yards in a touchdown than 100 yards receiving in a touchdown. That makes sense. Right. Uh, but you can find a running back because Dama doesn't. I mean, injuries happen. Look at a guy like Isaiah Pacheco. Came out of nowhere. Unless you were listening to this show, and we were talking about him in the offseason before the season even got started. Just right, but I mean, look where he probably got drafted in your leagues last year. You right. Know what I'm saying? He really wasn't late. drafted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really late. And he's a guy that started off maybe third on their depth chart and worked his way up to now he's the head honcho. And that happens a lot at the running back position. You hardly see that. You, hell, you don't see that wide receiver. You don't see a guy come in and he's like the third or fourth guy, you know, being the man on the team. The man on the team is the man on the team until he goes down. And then, you know, with the backfields a little different. You can take the San Francisco foot on the backfield, for instance. These guys that have the leading rusher and the leading rusher on the team never returns the next year to be the leading rusher. Look at it. Mostert, Breida, Jeff Wilson. Like, this guy, there's new guys every year. Somebody, Nas McCaffrey. Like, it's always a new guy. And then next year it'd be Mason. And then it'd be Price. So there's always a guy that interchangeable. But the thing that remained remain the same was who? Debo Samuel, Ayuk. Those names remain the same. The running back, so interchangeable. So I think the wide receivers of the position is a lot more important when it comes to that. And also, if you are drafting, do some stacking. You know what I'm saying? Don't jump around the draft too much. 
a lot of people like to try to fill out the whole roster. I want to get a quarterback, I want to get a receiver. And next time I pick, I'm going to get a running back. And then I get a running back, I'm going to get a tight end. And if I get my tight end, I'm going to get a defense. Like, no, no, no. Sometimes stay in one position and stack the position. You know, it's good to have strength in that. You kind of see the core of your team if you do it that way. So if you do draft a wide receiver, come back again with another one. And hell, come back with another one. You know what I mean? Solidify that one position. Then you can go other places and start, you know, you know, balancing out the rest of the roster. And the same thing for running back. Sometimes it's good to stack the position and show the strength of your team versus trying to spread it all out. And then you're pretty much like you're really wide open at that point. You have no strength because you're spread thin. One injury away from not from having the right. <laughs> balance. One hundred percent. What you got, Joe? Well, y'all know I'm always spicy when it comes to like dynasty. Like I always just like to experiment and try different things. Uh, this year I'm first overall, so it's, this is a really different opportunity. Who you for taking, me Joe? There's no. I mean, you first, so nobody can do it. Take it. Yeah. So be honest with you, Van. I gotta take quarterback because honestly, um, the yeah. superflex. I definitely need at least one premier guy, and then honestly, I might. Who's your guy? Be, yeah, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. And number one. Yeah, it gotta be, it gotta, yeah it got, it's gotta be honestly out of those three. I'm not leaning towards Josh Allen because we don't know right now what's going on. With Who are Davis, you leaning you know towards? I, mean? I got to take Pat Mahomes, man. You know I got to take Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. But what I've noticed is, honestly, it's kind of speak different to what Vander was speaking to. I'm a person of scarcity. I think scarcity makes opportunity. I'm going to load up on running back, so don't get it twisted. I might be one of those that take quarterback, quarterback, or quarterback receiver, and then I'm going to chip away. Or I might take quarterback, running back because I'm first. And I'm going to eat away at that running back position because I'm going to get a trade later on out of out of scarcity somebody's going to end up being a guy you know two corny guys like a uh who let me think about somebody from the league real quick somebody might be the one that's going to be stuck in elliot like you know what i mean like some you know elliot's almost on the way out something like that and i get i might trade that guy i'm gonna get his wide receiver that he took real high and like you know that's i I think the value for me with running back to get to my point you know running back is a position of injury i'd rather have an abundance of them and then weed up and then throw some you know to get to fill out my other positions just so i can get that other guy so i might not get the great wide receiver and i'll draft to be honest with you but i promise you i'm gonna out of scarcity somebody's gonna hit me up because they're gonna think it's some type of value there so I, I'm going to try to go that route and kind of load up on running back. I, mean, I think I don't favor tight end as much. Like we look at the Jigbas, the Dolch, the Dolchich of the world, Goddard. We don't, I, I would want a Kelsey, but Kelsey's 33 if we doing Dynasty. Can't say Darren Waller anymore. Like the premier guy is only Kelsey. And I'm not going to take a leap on Kelsey so early in the draft. So I think tight end is something you can kind of be lenient with. You, it's a lot of younger guys out there. It's, it's a lot of guys involved in these offenses. Like uh, Vanny said, have a strategy. You just don't go picking because you got to fill out because you're looking at the, the how it looks out like the layout of your team. Oh, I got to put this guy. I got to put that guy. Have a strategy. Having the uh, opportunity first is a challenge because I got to wait, you know, 20 plus picks to then pick again. So I got to read the room and kind of assimilate where I need to go. But I also need to establish a position to need because I'll be at deficit at something. If I take quarterback and then next thing you know, all the top wide receivers going off, well, I'm going to need to have something to leverage to get a receiver in return at some point. So that's why I was leaning towards the running back strategy this coming weekend. But we'll see. I can say that and then. <laughs> now, I got I got two quick questions, Dave, before you go. So being only because he's picking first, being that you're picking first, and it's, it's, extremely, it's an extremely hard spot to be in, to be honest. Um, a lot of times, okay, you would say, okay, I'm going to go this one position. The hardest thing about that is the rest of the league. The rest of the league also decides to go the same way you're going. By the time it gets back to you, what would you 
tell the listener to do at that point, right? To see, because what I mean is this: you may want to say, "Hey, I'm gonna start off get my quarterback. Boom, let me get my running back. I'm gonna stock, I'm gonna stock these guys up." But then you got twenty, about twenty-three picks until you pick again. What if a good bit of those running backs are gone? Do you take that second pick and dig deep? And grab a guy like a Miles Sanders or somebody you probably wasn't wanted to get, you didn't think you would get, or do you just say, okay, because these wide receivers are going to rise to the top now, the cream rises. So, or do you go with a better wide receiver at that position? Maybe go with like a, a Tariq Hill, a Cooper Cup, or some of that nature. So, what what would you right. tell the listener to at at that point? Right, and that and that's your point too. Is like like again, reading the room. After I take quarterback, I have to take quarterback. Is my second pick is going to dictate the rest of the draft? Because like you said. I might have to pull that trigger on a Tariq or a cup. And then to your point, swing back and get a guy in the third round, like a Pacheco, right. like like a Miles Sanders and stuff like that. The main thing with a running back philosophy is that you still got to read the room because you still need a premier quarterback. You need two quarterbacks. And if you want to win, a, go to the playoffs, you need two of those guys, two of the greats. So it's like you, I want to get to the running back strategy, but I'm not going to rush it. I can say that and then my first running back is Pacheco or – or it might be Chubb or some, you know, somebody that might be still in that first or second tier. But you want to have something of value. That's I think that'd be an educational point. Have something of value to trade somebody else. Cause a lot of people, like you said, not not reading the room, just taking the best person available. They look at their team, they need a running back, they need a wide receiver. And then you might have, because of your strategy, had either or that's leverage. Because they come into you and I, that's how I always trade. And we all trade like that. I can keep this guy. Why am I giving him to you? I'll give him to you if I'm upgrading something. And then you can fill the position just because you have the necessary pieces. But back to your question, I'm always reading the room. I, I can say run, I, I'm going to go heavy running back. But if the value, like you said, presents itself, I, even if I took cup second and then I came back around and it's a Garrett Wilson or it's an Amon Ross St. Brown or it's a T. Higgins or whatever, I'm not playing. We're not going to play stupid. <laughs> But just know since I get two picks back to back, I might go running. I can go running back, running back. It's just finding something of value. I play the game of scarcity. I like to trade. I like to get uh, equity. I like draft picks. I like capital. And you kind of get that from just having a little bit more than everybody else. That's how I look at it. And that's a great segue into one of my points, which is value. So at some point in the draft, you're not going to see the guy that makes sense for your team, but you'll see the guy that is on par with the person that you want for your team and can be an easy trade for the person that went heavy the other direction that you went. If Joe goes wide receiver heavy and I end up going running back heavy, easy trade partners. What you don't want to do because you need a wide receiver is take a wide receiver that's less than, and now no one wants to trade you for said wide receiver. And if you give up a running back for another wide receiver, now you're deficient in the running back spot. So you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Make sure you stay water, have a strategy, but after the first few picks, honestly, for me, it's best on board because there's so much time in between now and the start of a season. Just like Vander said, cream rises to the top. So if I have the better players, I'll be able to make the moves that are necessary to fill in the spots that I need to fill in. Also, considering the fact that there's still going to be a rookie draft, vets that end up getting dropped or, you know, trades that go down and things of that nature. So there's going to be plenty of time to make your roster look the way you want it to look. The main thing that I would say coming out of the draft is make sure that you have people of value. The other thing that I would say is age as it pertains to dynasty. I get it that you want a quote unquote young team, but understand dynasty should be played the same way that the season is played. It's played in small chunks, the same way as I'm looking at maybe the first 
three to four weeks of the season as my first quarter, if you will. And then I'm going to do things a little bit different there than I do in other spots. As it pertains to age and dynasty, as long as I have three good years on you, I don't care if you're a 28-year-old wide receiver. If you were a top five wide receiver this year, and I know I have two to three more good years left, I'm not going to avoid that guy to go get the young guy that I hope grows up to be that guy. That doesn't make sense. So a lot of times people get so wrapped up in age, but use that to your advantage. If that's the way that that person is leaning, maybe they are willing to give up someone of more value based on their age, because they think that in the dynasty, they need to have someone who's 21, 22. So that that leads me to a good question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So what does a guy do? Does he take a Brees Hall? Or does he take a Saquon Barkley at that point, right? Because a Saquon, okay. is, Saquon is not 30, but he's he's not young as Brees, right? So at that point, which guy do he take um, at that point? Do you go with the, the young – since this is a dynasty league, right? Um, do you go with the younger guy that you feel the younger? Or do you go with the guy that you feel like who could be the more talented? Or maybe even better yet, do you go Brees Hall or do you go Austin Eckler? That may be a little bit better. If it's me, it depends on what I've picked previous because neither one of them would be my first pick. If I already have a for sure guy at the running back position, I'll probably go young. It's one of those things where because, as you were saying, running back can be here today, going tomorrow. I do want to be a little bit younger at that position. But I also believe a running back like an Austin Eckler will fall back a little bit further than maybe he should because of that stigmata of age, especially at the running back position. So for me, I'm trying to win year one. So Austin Eckler can help me this year. But I also believe that Brees Hall can help me this year and several more years to come to whereas Eckler, I give him maybe another year after this coming year where he'll be able to produce similar numbers. Um, And that's just what history says, because I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, Eckler is what, 27, 28, or he'll be 28 going into the season. 30 is not a 38, 38 pretty for running backs is is what history has told us in fantasy. Great question, though. Nah, man, I was, I was I was just thinking. I'm actually picking your brain. Like this, this is a good thing. I think that's a good thing of having this show, but also having people to kind of feed off of, or people in the group. Having these conversations are always open because in the moment you might have everything figured out, but it's always good to have an idea, have a premise of what you want to do. Even mock drafts help, but I feel like people can't get get too tied up on it because philosophically everybody thinks different. The computer might think a certain way at five or six or seven, but that individual person might look at something completely different. Yo, glad you brought that up, Joe, because you're you're 100% spot on. But this is something that you can calculate. If you know where you are in the draft, obviously, unless you have one of those drafts where it's just spare the moment, like, you know, 30 minutes before they do a random, some of them do that, but. Here's the thing. You might not know for all intents and purposes who's going to do what, but you do normally know who should be there. Most people normally go with somebody that's viewable on the board. So let's say, for instance, if I'm picking that pick eight, as long as I have nine people in mind for that first pick, I'm going to get one of the people that I want. It's impossible for me not to get one of the people that I want. So when you look at it from that respect, you can kind of map out your first three rounds and then you just take advantage of people's mistakes going after that. It's kind of how I look at it. Right, right. Mine a little more in depth. My first, like, like I said, man, my first, like, 10, 10, 11 rounds of map. 
ain't nobody can get in the way of that. <laughs> That's why I, I see it. I, I feel you on that, but the <laughs> thing about it is there are normally so many mistakes made and people that are there that should not be there that I can't go with my original plan because somebody screwed up. Try to stay fluid as much as possible right. and take advantage of other people's mistakes because when there's value left out there that you had no clue would be there in the third, fourth, fifth round, it's like, wow, okay, do I go with my original plan or do I go with the guy that should not be sitting in front of me right now? I'm more likely to go with the guy that I could not have planned for versus just sticking to my plan, if that makes sense. So where are you where are you picking at again in this draft? Like what number are you? I I believe I'm pick nine, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine out of twelve. Yeah, you are right right behind me. Or in front of you, depending on what round we're talking about. I'm a hell of a guy to be close to in a draft. I'm gonna tell you right now, and you can contest it. Like I, I'm not worried so, about it. It's not about being worried. It's just about like I'm. I, I, I would have you at your home saying, "Damn." But here's the thing, because I know how you draft, no, you I don't. know I, 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 I <laughs> you know do. you you know how you, you know how my thing used to be, right? But I'm, I'm come with a little, you know, curve. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because hey, a little razzle dazzle. Yeah, now. I got to do a little different because the way I usually, you know, and and I will, we play redraft leagues for like it's been a, like ten years now, or something. Like it's yeah, been, it's been a long time. Right. But that particular league, I have changed everyone else's way of drafting. Like people are not trying to draft like me. But the thing is this: they get lost at like the first three or four picks. Like they know that part, but they don't know the extra. The ex, what else is next? I like, agree. They get, I agree. They get like the but first four picks. Like, because <laughs> on the even rounds, I come before you. Right. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be chess versus checkers between not only us, but we also got Shooter Vandross in there, who is a definitely a respected fantasy player in his own right. First time in the Dynasty League with us. Was he originally in the um in our yeah, the, yeah. The, the he, one we've been he, Yeah, he, he's original. He's original. So it's been player. what, 12, 13 years that it's been around? Yes. Longer yeah. than that. Probably probably fourteen years or something. Okay. Because like I came okay. along around Ten years ago, and y'all had already had it going for about three or four years at that point. Yeah, it's been yeah. a minute, but he's definitely one of the original players. Uh, extremely good. He's a he's a really good fantasy player. Just hasn't had an opportunity to win at all. He's kind of like the Buffalo Bills in this thing. Like he can right. get there, but he just right. can't quite pull it off. And uh, but he always has really good teams. He drafts really well. He drafts. That's what I was about he to say. Really well. So um, this is a this is a pretty hope- uh, pretty good thing. What you're six. Which, what are you talking about? In the draft. What, what draft? Which draft is it? You're seventh. He's so you're seventh. He's oh, so we're we're back to back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah, there yeah. was somebody in between us. Okay. No, I love it. I love it. That's like, that's gonna be fun. I love I like being in front of y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know y'all in that's front of me fun. when it comes back, but I love being in front of y'all on the other end because I'm gonna tell you this Uma Green picking at 12, he's a beast at drafting. That 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 double up for him is going to be that double up for him may be an issue. He's actually a champion of one of the other dynasty leagues that I'm in. Um, it's it's been he and I going back and forth in that league. It was kind of a, a tie this year because of what happened with that uh, the Bills and Bengals game where the points weren't divided. It just kind of ended up being um, we decided it would just be a tie, split the pot kind of a deal, but. Him having that double pick in the back-to-back, T to the J, he's a wild card because I don't know if he's a pot stirrer or if some of the things that he puts out there he actually believes. Who is this? Uh, T to the J, who is that number 11. So mm. he's one of our avid listeners, and he, he was uh, messaging me a couple of minutes ago saying that um, he was asking about 
that number one pick from Joe. I told him uh, Joe ain't giving up that number one pick easily, but um, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you gonna have to really benefit me in the second round because that, that's the swing right and, there. If I get a nice thing. second round piece, and, and that's the thing, there's no way I'm giving you the second round pick for your first because um, you're gonna be getting more than that. I mean, at any rate. The thing is, there are a couple of people that because we don't know their style, if you will, it'll make it interesting. Um, then there are a couple of people who are just steady eddies and they always have good teams, but they aren't as active as far as trades and things of that nature are concerned. Great in drafting, great as far as waivers and things of that nature are concerned, but they kind of trade when need be versus drafting to trade, which is kind of what all three of us do. So we have a gamut of player types but the beautiful thing about it is from this motley crew of of people it's gonna be i think it's actually year one it might just come down to injury i don't see any weak links tales from a dynasty is trading trading is gonna be extremely difficult this year right yeah right. i could yeah i agree with sure, you. Right. i, I can see most of the trading being done between only people who drafted to trade most of the people that are quote unquote drafting their team aren't going to want to give up anybody. Whatever, whatever position, well, preferably not wide receiver, but it's going to be that running back. I, I can guarantee it. Where is your level of concern as far as age when it comes to running backs? I, I know age in general, I, I don't really look at that as a determining factor, but how far out do you look at running backs specifically? I mean, everybody said the magic number is 30. Uh, I get that. Numbers have shown that to be true. Um, but then again, somebody like Derrick Henry is kind of like, uh, you know, blowing out the water because, I mean, he's still out playing a guy like a, a Zeke Ellis who's younger, you know what I'm saying, who's younger than him. He also, you know, ran the ball more than him, and he's still playing at a higher level. I think it comes down to who, else, you know, will take care of their body. But that being said, I don't, I don't see age with running backs as far as in this draft because I'm so – and, and please don't take this as me being arrogant, you know, listeners, but I'm really good at finding those other guys along the way that I'm okay with taking the risk of getting the older running back now who I know is a good, who stud, uh, like a Derrick Henry. I'll draft Derrick Henry. I know people are going to kind of fade away from him because he's 30, but I'll take him only being because I think I can find the next, you know, decent running back that's come out of college or the guy that no one's seen coming that, you know, now he's the man because this guy got hurt or whatever. So I'm usually pretty good at finding those gems. So I'm pretty much betting on myself when it comes to to that. So yeah, I, I, I don't mind. I'm I'm drafting. I'm, I'm drafting the value. I'm drafting these guys like they're all 25 years old. If that makes sense. So I'm I'm going at the the Derrick Henrys of the world. Uh, I don't care. I'm not wavering Brees Hall for Derrick Henry. I'm sorry. I'm taking Derrick Henry regardless. <laughs> My question for both of y'all, because honestly, and maybe maybe this is helping me more so than the listeners, but maybe some people got dynasty. So basically, you're saying I shouldn't answer this next question that you about to ask is basically what you're telling me. Some people got a veteran draft and a rookie draft, so I, I might be helping uh, several people. Now, this is a good one, too, because like in the case of Mixon, Saquon, Cook, Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, De- uh, uh, Montgomery, mm-hmm. what are y'all stances on their value? Like, what, Do y'all still take them as you know what they've done for a team, like like the skills that are playing. Like how y'all go about when to take those over somebody who's currently on a team, since we're kind of in that middle of, you know, things still playing out. Me personally, I take them as the value that they have currently have on the team that they're on, and and just know that the stock could rise to a greater level 
that being like basically saying, okay, Mixon is now on the Bengals. I'm taking Mixon as a value of the Bengals. Nice stock can fall if he ends up on the Texans, Cardinals. Maybe it fall a little bit, but his stock can also rise if he goes to the Bills, he goes to the Eagles. You know what I mean? So I'm drafting currently on the value that they are, but knowing that a lot of these guys, they still see the name Joe Mixon. So, you know, push come to shove, I could still be able to move him for someone out, you know, maybe younger or a player, maybe not as good, but be better on the beggar end because of his name. You you know, you draft because of the value because you can sell the value, if that makes sense. I'm going to draft him because he's Joe Mixon. But at the same time, I can trade him because he's Joe Mixon. You see what I'm saying? I can sell him to somebody because he's Joe Mixon, if that makes sense. I agree with you on that one. The slight tweak in my thinking is, if you have someone at running back position who's that young, I believe that the next team that gets him, it's because they feel that he's better for their system than he was for the first system he was in. So I actually like to give it a slight boost versus where they were coming from in those particular cases. It's kind of like one of those things where I know what you're capable of and your first team, nine times out of 10 for a running back, was the team that you were drafted to that it was kind of like, well, we don't know what's going to happen one way or the other. Your second team, they're specifically bringing you into a situation that they feel that you can maximize. That That's kind of where I look at it. I, I give them a slight bump unless we're looking at, let's say, somebody that is one of your elder statesmen. Like, say, for instance, I'm not giving Fournette a bump. He gets cut from Tampa Bay and goes to wherever he ends up. I'm not giving him a bump. But when you mention specifically the Montgomery's and the Sanders, those guys in that 24, 25, 26 age range, those guys are being brought in to kind of finish off a job, not to you know be someone who's just a piece, just in case someone gets hurt or, or a piece of a committee, whatever the case may be, in most cases. But what about DeAndre Swift? I know Vander had a, had a, had a, something I mean, to say. Even with a Swift, still talking about that same you know age range, he, whoever brings him in, they're bringing him in to be the dude. The money that you're going to have to pay him, you're not going to pay him that to bring him in to just be a guy. Um, one thing about Swift, I'm, I'm kind of got him on my do not draft list. For two reasons. I mean, not just because injury history, but he's already in a committee. So I think even the next team will bring him in in another committee uh, because it's, it's going it's, he's going to get this reputation of he can't hold up. That seems like the thing that's going on right now. So even if another team bring him in, he'd probably be in another committee. I don't like committee running backs. You know what I'm saying? I would actually, for him, hope that he would be in the committee because he doesn't need as many touches to get the points that you need as some running backs would. And because he gets nicked up, I, I wouldn't want him to be in a bell cow type situation. Right. Dope, like if Kamara ends up going up the road, I would love yeah. to see him take over that Kamara spot in New Orleans. That's cool. But at the same time for me, I don't. I tend not to go after those guys. I'm not a committee kind of drafter. I go after bell cows. And, and, you know, people always say, you know, Lee's kind of getting away from that. But there's still some guys that's getting bell cow style uh, attempts and touches, you know. So those are the guys I really go after. When it comes to guys like Swift or maybe a Khalil Herbert or somebody that's kind of behind somebody, they're more handcuffs than than starters for me, if that makes sense. Like I, I go after the, the Alvin Cooks, the Chubbs, you know, the Josh Jacobs. I want those guys. I want the guys I know is going to get the touches. And I'll worry about the rest later. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Next week, we will be wrapping up our NFC division with the NFC North, which will be Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota. And then from there, we'll be going to the AFC. And we'll kind of go from there. But for today, we're out.